and welcome to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to women in the music industry and the challenges that they face. Each episode features songs by your new favorite band and where you can find them. Come on, the show is starting. I'll see you guys at the front. Hey guys, and welcome back to Rebel Hearts. This is episode 45, and today I am in Nashville, Tennessee, and I have the long-awaited guest. I have Kate with me. She's sitting right behind me. (laughs) What the fuck is up, fam? There you go. Uh, We just recorded some YouTube videos for her, so I'll definitely link those below. Um, Definitely check them out, and by link them below, I mean as she puts them out i'm just gonna link her channel and you guys can watch who knows when they're coming out we we don't even know but uh yeah so we are in nashville for paramore's last show of the after laughter cycle and possibly their last show for a very long time we don't know how long but it's for the um indefinite future so we wanted to talk a little bit about um the show we are definitely going to get a little deep we're going to talk about friendship and music and community and um we're going to talk about a couple of things, and I hope you guys like what we have to say. <laughs> no one will. Because <laughs> I brought my entire laptop and podcast set up to Nashville, and it was very heavy. So <laughs> I, ho- I, hope, um, I hope you guys like it. I know a lot of people were asking for us to collab and do an episode together, so I hope this is what you guys were looking for, because I genuinely don't know what you were looking for. <laughs> So we're going to start off with um, how we even became friends is actually really funny. I don't remember, so you're going to have to take this over. <laughs> we, we became friends. Uh, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but um, as you guys probably know, I ran a Paramore fan account with a friend of mine who had it for a very long time. He'd asked me to join, and I was on it for about like six months before we decided to retire it. And um, I don't remember how it happened, but I remember Kate was interacting with me. This was back like over a year ago now. Um, she was interacting with it and we were talking a little bit and I remember that she had mentioned, um, that she was going to the Toronto show for tour two, which obviously, cause she lives in Canada and I said that I was going and she had messaged me on my personal. We were talking about it and I didn't know who she was, but I was just really I didn't excited. I know who you were too. When I found out what your personal was, I was like, this girl's already following me. That's sick. I'll follow her back. I don't remember how that happened. It was all a blur, uh, all a blur but she DM'd me and she was asking me about my seat and where I was sitting and everything. And I had no idea who she was, but she was excited for me to be there. So I was excited for her. Because nobody ever comes to Toronto. <laughs> so she's like, oh my God, my seat is here. I'm here. And then I was like, I'm here. So we just became friends through that. And then um, we met very it was the best moment of my life we were looking for each other the whole show like, and it was something out of a movie where our eyes just locked across the room at the exact same second and we just ran to each other in a dramatic hug and this is right before paramore came out so the security made everyone sit down we were the only people standing up in this venue on so the floor weird. of 2500 people watching us scream and run to each other and no pictures so dramatically there was no pictures of it though none because we talked for three seconds and you had to go back to your seat and i was like yeehaw <laughs> yeehaw and then you know you fucking left right after the show and I was like all right hi ye that's not good <laughs> I had to leave right after the show because my parents decided to invite themselves and take an RV down to Toronto so um, I had to go like immediately after the show even though she was asking like where are you where are you even though I had no data so that was that was interesting but yeah so after that we kept in contact and we kept talking about how we were going to hang out and all this stuff but obviously you know I didn't want to take a plane ride an hour to Toronto <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> because I'm selfish. Um, 
I I was supposed to go to the um, Toronto date on tour five, but um, Ooh, I, that was not possible. It was not possible. And also I really had a fear of flying by myself and I didn't want to drive to Toronto by myself and just a lot of anxiety. And um, it just didn't work out because I went to Syracuse the day before and it was just really bad timing. And I was really upset that I didn't get to go. And then um, Art and Friends happened. And uh, oh my God. for some reason, I was going. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. The show was announced. You came to me saying, if you don't go, I will kill you and myself. And I was like, yes, I'll go. And that's just how we ended up in Nashville, Tennessee. That's, and then we're here. Yeah, it was really weird. They announced the show. And they're like, yeah, it's going to be in Nashville. For some reason, I was like, I'm going. <laughs> and nobody, nobody I knew from like Long Island or anybody that would fly with me was going and I was just like I have to go so I convinced Kate to go and it was very easy all she said was okay (laughs) well actually she sent us a screenshot in the group chat of her confirmation she goes what am I doing yeah and that was and that was really it and um yeah it was it was a crazy whirlwind experience and I mean I to say I didn't have expectations would be kind of a lie but you know, with a with a record as personal as After Laughter, you know, it's hard to imagine sending it off and going to a funeral for it, essentially, especially it's kind of like a funeral for your favorite band for the time being. I mean, Paramore's not breaking up, but kind of felt like it, you know. It was. It was like a funeral celebration. Yeah, it was, that's how I felt. I felt like it was a funeral, but then I also felt like we were celebrating the life of something really important. Yeah, like in the best way, a good funeral. <laughs> We love the a good sex, funeral. A happy sex. funeral. <laughs> yes, because all funerals are so happy. Put the fun in funeral. That's but Back to us, like how we first became friends. Even though I don't remember how we met, I know that we just started for some reason out of nowhere. We just like started talking every day. And I was like, whoa, an actual friendship? What is this? What? We were both blonde. That's what happened. <laughs> I, but I was so hair. intimidated because like you were like witty. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't be friends with someone who has a personality. What is this? <laughs> what huh (laughs) someone who makes a joke every here and there what What? (laughs) yeah it was just one of those things where I don't remember any part of it but I remember that it was just like super quick and it was just something that I knew was super special like that Toronto show um that was my favorite show on the tour and that was probably one of my top five favorite Paramore shows let alone shows and um it was because of me yeah definitely (laughs) there were so many people I was quote unquote supposed to meet like a lot of people that wanted to to meet up or people that I wanted to see um shout out to our friend Lauren from Canada I was supposed Lauren. to see her Lauren we Lauren love Lauren <laughs> Lauren brought pins with her and I was like I need a pin and I never saw her she was in the balcony or something um shout out to Chelsea we actually did meet <laughs> um Chelsea was super cool um she was really warm and friendly she hugged me her and her fiance are awesome they sat next to me um I was supposed to meet a couple of people and I unfortunately didn't because you know it's hard when you don't know what people look like and you really don't know anything about them it's hard to run across a a crowded arena (laughs) somewhere you don't know and uh, try and find them especially when you have as big of anxiety problems as I do but um I saw Kate I vaguely knew what she looked like to be honest with you (laughs) I had no idea really what she what she looked like but all I knew is that you were wearing white overalls because you tweeted that picture so that's all I was looking for I I tweeted a picture because a lot of people wanted to wanted to hang out so I tweeted a picture of what I was wearing and I had whatsapp and um, cause I, I'm stupid and I didn't get any data from, for Canada. <laughs> so I was texting her on WhatsApp and like turning off my data every, every couple seconds. And Which stresses me the fuck out. I was like, cause you replied, I'm here, went off. Then <laughs> <laughs> she didn't answer. And then I was like, where are you? Turned it off. Yes. <laughs> so it was not, it was not helpful whatsoever. 
remember. So it was really, um, it was really serendipitous that I saw her literally from across and we just like looked at each other and oh. I, I'm not a hugger and I'm not a, dr- a dramatic person in public. And yeah, that was, that was the most dramatic thing to ever happen. I literally ran across that arena. And Anyone just who like, witnessed that can confirm. And I think that they were like, what the hell? Alex looked over our mutual friend, Alex, he looked over and I think he was really confused. He was, he actually turned to the girl who was a total stranger next to him. And he goes, I've been friends with Caitlin for six years and she's never hugged me like that. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. <laughs> Yeah, it was, and I didn't know who Alex was either, but I hugged him too. I was like, oh my God, you guys are, you guys are so great. I love you. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I knew it was special because I, I've never hugged somebody that dramatically in my life, let alone hugged anybody like that in general. So yeah, I knew that that was super special. And, um, going back to art and friends, um, because a lot of people wanted to hear us talk about it. A lot oh of boy, that, strap in. Oh. <laughs> a lot of people that weren't there and a lot of people that were there. I mean, we have similar and different um, experiences with it, but as somebody who started a podcast to make a community with music and friendship, um, I related a lot to the concept of art and friends because Paramore really put on this show where they wanted to showcase Nashville and where they grew up and their Nashville because a lot of people come to Nashville and they think that it's like drinking town. You think it's honky tonk badonk town, but like <laughs> we've been, dri- we spent two whole days just driving around Nashville and Franklin it's so and it's nice. beautiful. It is so incredible here. I can't get over it. Just the local shops are amazing. Everyone is locals. so nice. <laughs> Love the locals. This place is just like, I-, I see why everyone who comes here just talks about it so highly because like I didn't get it. I'm like, what, what do you mean? This place is so good. I can't relate, but no, it's great. I love it here and I don't want to leave. I never, I never want to leave. That's why I was so, has, uh, that's why I was so ready to come back. I came here in May for Half Noise and um, I was only here for a short amount of time. I'm here for a short amount of time now, but um, I was here for a short amount of time and I was already planning. The last day that I was here, I was planning on coming back and I was actually going to come back last week for Labor Day, but um, it didn't work out. But Art and Friends was announced, so the week after. Um, so it was really cool when they announced it. I mean, all the bands are incredible. When they announced that Bully was on it, oh, I... Oh, let's talk about the openers dramatic. and how iconic they were. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. I I respect the hell out of Paramore for bringing on all these um, local bands because they were so good. I mean, I obviously, the first episode, if you guys have ever listened to it, I've, I've mentioned them a bunch, too. But um, I played Bully, and the really cool thing about that is... Um, they're really humble and they're really nice. I remember I was really nervous about starting the podcast and I was hesitant to email bands about using their music and everything. And, um, whoever runs their email account, I think it's Alicia. I'm not sure, but, um, they were so fucking pleasant and they were so cool. And, um, I remember the can you deal zine that I talk about all the time that inspired the podcast. Um, Alicia wrote an article in it about how men don't look at her the way that, um, that they look at other men in the music industry because she does all these great things. I mean, Bully is basically her, the brainchild of her and um, she does all her own stuff. She's a great producer. She plays guitar. She's okay. Just, I didn't know that. Now I'm impressed. <laughs> she's, a, she's fucking awesome. I love Alicia. And she, um, she wrote this article about how men in the room don't think that she can do any of these things and she just stands up and tells them how it is and she's like there's no reason why you think that I can't do what um men do so I respect the hell out of her for that anyway so um seeing them live I've, I've never seen them live because every time they've played Long Island or New York I just the timing just wasn't right so seeing that they were announced was really special to me because I'm such a fan of them 
Um, Alicia's voice is just so incomparable to anything that I've ever heard. I mean, the control that that woman has is just like she just goes to these really nice, like gentle, regular highs. And then like this, this grit that she has is just like the control in it is insane. Like I've never seen a performer, any man or woman do what she does with her voice. And I was just blown away, um, in person. And, um, I just think that they're an incredible live band. So it was a good time. <laughs> Shout out to Bully. I was Shout out so to everyone excited. there. Conan Blue and Coin were for sure the highlights for me. Coin. So Coin is like this huge thing that everybody loves. Like I, everybody talks about Coin and me, Kate, and our friend Sammy that we went with. We've never really listened to them. And when we did, we okay, don't remember. Well, well, I did, but I was like, I never yeah, you don't to remember it. <laughs> and um, they came on, man. And they're Ooh. performers. We love so, it. They kind of remind me of Foster the People. Like just yes. the way that they took over the stage. I they was like, hell commanded. yeah. Yeah. And their singer looks like Troy Sivan. And Ooh. I love that. Honey. <laughs> we love Troy Sivan in this house. We did. And um, Liza Ann, she was incredible. The stage presence, like everybody had such great stage presence. I was so impressed. That's the Nashville power. Yeah, it's definitely Nashville power. <laughs> and like everybody was just so nice. Like the way that they introduced their bands and they talked and their banter and everything, everything was just so genuine and sweet. You know, you go to these, you go to certain shows, like you go to punk shows or hardcore shows and you get called a piece of shit. Get the fuck up. Why isn't yeah. anybody up front? Get the fuck up here. And it's just like really nice to come to Nashville and be like, hey, how y'all doing? Yeah. They're like, thanks for being in my home. Yeah. It's like, wow. Thank you so much. for Like when someone from Nashville says like, thank you for being here, you, you take it personally. <laughs> like they actually mean like, thank you for being here. And that was just one of my favorite things about Art and Friends was the lineup alone because it was just a bunch of people that I think that Paramore really believe in as musicians and people. Like I think that Paramore genuinely believe in the people that played. And it's just so nice that as a, a band as big as Paramore and with their, you know, status and everything as a band and people and, you know, Haley is a household name and people know all these things about them that they still at the root of it are just like a local band. Like, For um, sure. Kate's mom <laughs> took this, um, took this newspaper from one of the places that we went to. And we noticed yesterday that Paramore was in it, like art and friends was in it. And we started thinking like, wow, Paramore is actually a local band. If you think about it, like they're this huge mega giant in the outside world to us, but to Nashville, they're just a couple of kids that started a band and I think that that was also really cool to, you know, to notice. kind of experience. Yeah, that. because it's like I've always said that I've always wanted to see Paramore in Nashville, but I thought it was weird because I don't live here. And like, why would I go all the way to Nashville to see a band that's playing in my state? You know, I've gone to different states to see Paramore, but within driving distance, I've never flown on a plane to see them. You know, even Canada is eight hours away from me. So I could take a plane, but I could drive to it. So Nashville is a 14 hour drive for me alone. So I never fathomed taking a plane ride to see them, even though they're, they're my favorite band. But for some reason, art and French just seemed like this thing that I had to do. And I needed Kate to be here. I needed everybody to be here because, yeah. and I think Paramore wanted everybody to be here because they kept advertising it as this thing where, they wanted this community. You know, they have things like Parahoy where people from across the country, across the world, they come and they experience this music together. But something about being in their hometown. It's and really special. It's so special. Like even being here, like the show was the first day we came here. Like we got in super early. We got in at like 9 a.m. on Friday. The show yeah. was at like 3.30. And um, we just, 
they did such a great job because they wanted to showcase what they call the weirder side of Nashville. And it definitely did. Like we got in there and it was good day young Haley and Brian's hair dye company. They were there. Grimey's was there, which is the local record shop that everybody loves. Um, there were so many local artists and it just felt like, you know, you walk in there and that, that was Nashville. For sure. It wasn't just like some random corporation concert that you were at. Yeah. It felt, I didn't feel like I was being sold to by yeah. strangers. Like I felt like I knew these people, even though I don't, I don't know any of these people. I don't know anybody from Good Day Young. I don't know anybody from Grimey's. Like I don't know any of these people, but they made me feel so at home somewhere where I'm not at home. It's just, it was so mind boggling to me. And then like watching all the, the bands, like they love where they're from. And it's just like, that's so rare. Like a lot of people don't love where they're from. Like, I can't say that I'm, I'm like, yes, Long Island born and raised strong Island. You know, I'm not one of those people. I'm not, I'm not going to other places saying, you know, Long, I- Long Island, New York is the place to be. Like, I'm not one of those people that's like super proud of where they're from just because that's just not who I am. But all these people, like you walk down the street and you can tell that people have so much pride in Nashville. Yeah. Haley's not kidding when she says that <laughs> there's like, this is the best place because it really is. It's just so full of local shops and everyone is so nice. Local. Everyone is so nice. I can't get over it. Even Canadians aren't this nice. Can confirm. Say, you're you're from Canada and you're saying that people here no, are so nice. No, it's like what nice. I said yesterday. Canadians will say sorry and they'll hold the door open for you. But they're like, don't fucking talk to me. Whereas everyone here in Nashville, everyone says hi. Everyone says, oh, have a good day, y'all. And the guy at the pancake place yesterday like puts our food down he's like there you go baby like everyone we is fell so in nice love. oh my god i'm in love with every single person who speaks to me it's so it's so bad it's so bizarre and it's just like i said this the last time that i was here i told my parents when i got home i was like you know when when we were here i i went with my friend courtney we saw like i said i saw half noise in uh in may and everywhere we went, people wanted to have a conversation with us. It like it felt like when they said "Have a great day," they they mean it. They mean it. Like they, they do. don't just say it. Like when you work at a retail store and you say yes. like "Have a good day," and like, like when you walk up, they're like, "Oh, how are you?" Like they actually want to know. They mean it. <laughs> oh my god, it's so different. It's so fucking weird. I said that to my mom. I was like, you know, I feel like when someone said, um, when someone asked "How are you," they actually wanted an answer. Mm-hmm. And it's just so weird being from New York and a, a very aggressive um, environment. I mean, Long Island is not as aggressive as New York City, but it's just it's so weird being somewhere where it feels very slowed down and just very relaxed. Like I haven't felt stressed while I oh, was here. No, it's great. And I feel constant stress in New York. It's just because it's it's a hustle and bustle. You know, it's a city that never sleeps. It's just all of these things. And yeah, I don't get a lot of the New York city life on long Island, but it's still very stressful. No, Everyone here is just so chill. Like there's, yeah, first no of all, can, there's no traffic. I don't know what you're talking about. We're both from massive cities. There's no traffic. Anyone Literally. who complains, like <laughs> it's fine. Um, but so many people are like walking around doing their thing. Everyone is on a scooter, just scoot, scooting their day away. It's incredible. <laughs> like they're just living their best life here. We, we love every, every second. And I loved every second the last time I was here. So it's just, it's so funny that I've been to Nashville twice and I've fallen just as much in love with it this time as I did last time. Yeah, I didn't think I would love it this much. I remember when the plane landed and we're like driving here to the Airbnb and I'm looking out the window. I'm like, this place doesn't feel different. Like when you travel, you're like, oh yes, this feels like I'm in this place now. But when I was here, I was like, it doesn't feel like that. And I was like, maybe that's a bad thing. Like I was really worried this was going to be a crappy trip. But since, you know, Sam is a great Uber driver and, you know, she gets lost every five seconds, you know, <laughs> We got caught in a loop twice. Like, what the hell? (laughs) I never said I was a role model. (laughs) 
or a good driver but ever since we like really experienced the town and like sam's been great at making sure we go to all the local places there's like we haven't even touched a mcdonald's we just eat local and shop local and it's been so great like i have totally fallen in love and i realized that the reason that i didn't feel like this was special is because it felt like i never left home as cheesy as that is (laughs) but it's so true and you know what you know what I love so much is that Art and Friends was supposed to be like that. Like they wanted us to feel at home. And I just think that it was more than just a show, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just, you know, I didn't feel different at the show, but just reminiscing about it now, like in this moment and thinking about it the last couple of days, it's just, it's really cool what Paramore did. And like I keep saying, it's just amazing to me that they're a huge band. Like they're a household name, even, even just the band, let alone, you know, Haley, Taylor and Zach, you know, every, everybody you talk to knows at least who Haley is, let alone, you know, Zach and Taylor. Most people know who they are as well because they've been in the band for so long. Um, this is a household name band and they did something so special with their, stature in the music community and I fucking love that and that's something that if I was in a band or if I ever had that kind of you know status I would totally love to do that just they said fuck it they made their own music festival you know it took them you know 14 15 years as a band to finally do that and I just I'm really proud of them you know as somebody who grew up with this band and has interacted with them on the very few occasions that I have I'm so fucking proud of them it makes me so happy that I was there and I was there with like friends that I never thought I would see let alone experience that with like my friend Chad he um he used to be my coworker, and he's such a good friend of mine we were going to go to Nashville together and it just didn't work out he was supposed to go with me last week when we did um we were talking about Labor Day and everything but it just didn't work out um he was talking to me and he's like I want to go to a Paramore concert with you I want to experience that with you and um it was really touching that he even said that because I'm like wow, you want to experience something so special with me like that. But um, yeah, Parahoy definitely felt like that for me. But Art and Friends felt a little different because, you know, you're on a boat and like it's hot outside and, you know, you're already exhausted from the day and you're trapped on a boat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm not in any way complaining about Parahoy. It's an incredible experience that I'm so thankful that I got to experience uh, multiple times, let alone once. Um, And I would definitely do it again. But there was something about Art and Friends because we were the first day we got here i i got a rental car the four of us were in the car together and we just see our two friends that live in kansas and um i don't know where where savannah lives i don't know, I know we never found out peter, peter lives in uh, kansas i believe but she does not live um anywhere close to either of us but besides the point so you have these two people that don't even live with in the same state as each other and they're together but they don't live in the same state and here they are walking down the street and the four of us that are all from different places you know you got two people from canada one person from scotland and one person from new york and we're just driving down the road getting um going to get coffee and pancakes and we just see these two people that we met from the internet and I just honked my horn and First yelled. First of all, Sam stopped straight in the middle of the road. She's not telling That's this dramatic. part. She stopped and there was cars behind us and she honked the horn and they looked and she rolls down the window and she screams, what's up, yeehaws? And I'm like, I'm leaving this country right now. Peter was so alarmed. And then he was like, yes. <laughs> but it was just like one of those things where it felt like it felt like home. Yeah. And it's just so weird. Like you got four people that little like Kate never met Sammy before. No. 
And, uh, I, you know, me and Kate have met before, but I, for three seconds, for three count. seconds. Yeah. And it just felt like in that moment, it's just like, it felt right. And then, um, later on, there's this huge art and friends mural by a local artist for Paramore that, that they, um, that they had do for them. He's a, he's a local artist. And, um, everybody was going to the mural and we caught up with a bunch of internet friends. Oh, so many. And it was just like, it's crazy. Like, here we are in a state that we don't live in. And I think um, there, are t- there are two people that we met, met up with at the mural that do live in Nashville, like, but recently. Um, it's just so crazy. Like all these people, like um, one of the girls is from England and then another girl's also from Canada and different states. And it's just here we all are for this band. And then mm-hmm. later on, like two hours later, we saw a bunch of other friends that don't even live in the same state or country yeah scootering yeah scootering down the street and i'm like what the oh my god it's so crazy you see people not only from the internet but from you know another country another state or whatever and you're like how did i just pass them on the street right we were so dumbfounded i was like here are these people like i said oh my god they're so and so oh my god there there he is no exactly even when you don't know the people and we showed up to the paramore hot spots and there's like other paramore fans there they are so nice like they will stand there and have a conversation with you they'll take pictures for you like everyone has been so great and it's just so strange because like i said i keep people who we don't know (laughs) like none of us live here and when i say none of us live here i mean like a majority i i know a couple people that we met up with do live in nashville but um, for the most part, nobody lives in this state. And here we all are for this one band. And there's something that Parahoy didn't give us. And it was just like those instances where we, we screamed down the, the street like, hey, or we saw people scootering or we see people at the local coffee shop or, you know, run into people getting pancakes, you know, stuff like that. Like for that sure. doesn't happen on Parahoy. And that's, you know, Parahoy has certain special um, things about it. Don't get me wrong. I loved last year's lineup. It was my I dream lineup literally but like you're stuck on a boat it's kind of weird to run into people in a massive city right that's what happened yesterday is um I ran to my friend Nikki aka Nikki Tunes who makes all the great art on the internet she was in zine 3 if anybody yeah we became friends years ago because in 2012 she was doing um a Haley Williams necklace giveaway of a doodle she did and um yeah and so I won that and that's why she followed me so we kind of kept in touch ever since and well I ran into her at the bathroom at the Paramore show first of all and we were both out of it because you know it's death but I ran into her yesterday on Broadway Street like I just walked out of the car the same time she was walking down the street and I was like holy shit how did I just run into she's from the Netherlands first of all I'm like how did I just run into in Broadway Street in Nashville how is this real and that's what I mean like that's the part of we haven't even got to the show yet oh my god it's just like it's so crazy that this happened you know you had so many people I I was mentioning in the car the other day to the girls I was like how did this happen where we all just decided one day like yeah let's go to Nashville yeah you know everyone across the world is like yeah let's just do it it was just this collective thing where I mean um the the venue where they held it was it it seats 9,000 people and at first it didn't seem very full but then by the time Paramore went on that venue was full Mm -hmm. and it's just like all of these people, you have to figure at least 70% of those people do not live in Nashville. At least. And it's so just, many people traveled. Paramore wanted this. Like they wanted a, everybody to see Nashville for what they saw. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think they achieved that. Like, I don't know if it's just because Nashville is that kind of city, but. I feel like it must be. It has to be. Like there's such a sense of community here. Like Kate mentioned, everything is local. Yeah. 
the last time that I was here with my friend Courtney, um, the only thing that we had that wasn't local was Jack in a Box. And that's because I have an obsession with going every time that um, I'm somewhere that has it because <laughs> it's me and my parents, uh, when we went to California, my first time when I was like 14, um, that's all we ate. So um, and we don't have it in New York anymore. So every time I... Um, visit somewhere that has one I have to go at least well once. that's our dinner tonight yeah because I've never had it so yes or at least our midnight snack because we're gonna stay up all night because we have a <laughs> as we tend flight. to do we did not eat the day of the show we get in after Starved midnight everyone and I'm like starving I'm like maybe I should order McDonald's and then we just didn't do anything we just went to bed <laughs> just went to bed but um so yeah other than that jack-in-a-box trip which I just did so my dad wouldn't yell at me when I got home um everything was local and we didn't eat the same thing twice um which was incredible because everything we had was delicious. Like I told my mom, I said, you know, I'm uncultured swine and the only pancakes that I eat other than my dad's are IHOP pancakes because every other pancake that I've ever tried at a diner or a local place on Long Island, I just didn't like. But the Frothy Monkey whole wheat pancakes, oh my God. No, pancake pantry is better. There's a reason you have to wait outside half an hour (laughs) to get those pancakes. Everybody got such incredible pancakes. Sammy got uh, cinnamon and um, spice pancakes. Yeah, I got the Caribbean, which is um, shredded coconut and it had banana and a cherry on top <laughs> how fitting a cherry on uh, top. they have fucking cinnamon syrup that is the best thing i've ever had in my whole life it smelled so great it's so good but um but yeah so like it's crazy that we didn't have the same thing twice and I'm I'm a creature of habit. I love Me too. I only ever get the same order everywhere, but now I'm like, why am I not living here for a month trying every single item from everywhere? Right? Like we pass all these local places and we're like, ah, what about here? What about here? Like I have a list of places from like recommendations and everything and I was like, we have to blow through all these. Like I don't care if you're hungry, we have to go to this donut shop. We have to eat this ice yeah. cream. And it's just what a what an experience. Like we wouldn't be here without this band. For sure. That's and I'm crazy. Like, and they talk about how great this place is. And from an outside perspective, you're like, yeah, that's great. You love your hometown. We all do. But it's not until you get here and live it for a bit that you actually see what they mean. And you're like, I would brag about it too, honestly. It's like living in their shoes for, for a minute, yeah. you know, to some extent. And it's just, it's so cool that it sucks that it took like, you know, so many years of loving this band to finally find this out. But mm-hmm. I just love how much they love Nashville. And I just love that I fell in love with it as well. So that's what I wanted to say about that. But we'll get on to the show. Um, but My first, God, we haven't even touched the show. <laughs> we haven't touched the show. But before we get to the show, um, I'm actually going to play you guys um, music from the show that we that we saw for Art and Friends because I definitely want to keep it local to Nashville. And I definitely think that that's something that should be done for this episode. Locals only. Locals only. Get out. Um, I do want to play you guys a song that I really liked from... Um, art and friends it's by liza ann hell yeah we love liza ann her stage presence is absolutely incredible and she mentioned that she has panic disorder and that performing is very strange because she has panic disorder and she loves performing so i love and respect the hell out of that alone she is from right here in nashville and her record that the song is off of fine but dying it came out in march of this year so it's fairly new the song is called small talks and she talked about how she hates small talk (laughs) and that's that's a mood that's the biggest mood so i want to play you guys that song it's again it's called small talks and here it is Maybe. 
again, that was the song Small Talks by Liza Ann from her record that just came out in March. It's called Fine But Dying, and she is from right here in Nashville, Tennessee. So um, before we went on that little break to play Small Talks for you, we were going to talk about the actual show for Art and Friends, which is the reason why Kate and I are here in Nashville. (laughs) (laughs) So we talked about how cool it was that there was a sense of community within the Paramore community and within the Nashville local community. And um, it makes sense why Paramore are the way they are once you experience this place. They're so fucking humble. Like, man, (laughs) the... Like I said, I've only, I say only, but I've, um, I've only had a very couple of instances with Paramore as a band. Like I've only met the, again, <laughs> I, I say only, and I don't mean that in like, uh, in a, oh, I've only met them like a hundred times, but, um, I've only gotten a taste of what they're like as people. And I definitely know what kind of people that they are just based on the way that they carry themselves, their music, the way that Haley talks on stage, the way that Taylor, um, takes compliments you know when you go to a paramore show and Haley introduces the band and Haley and uh taylor kind of gets like all shy and humble and he he gives you like that little thumbs up and he you could tell he's very grateful that people appreciate him and for what he does and just that's one of my favorite parts of the show is when Haley introduces him and he's just like in his little corner he's shaking his (laughs) head and he's just like thank you but like please don't give me any attention um so that's just like so so humble and i really love and respect that about him and then you know zach even though he's a little more on the wild side of with the personality you could definitely tell that he's just down home really humble and really friendly and just all around a a good guy justin york angel salt to the earth (laughs) seriously justin york is like the salt of the earth like he is such a genuine person like when we were on parahoy um, I originally felt bad for him because I thought that people wouldn't stop going up to him and letting him enjoy his vacation. But he genuinely wanted to talk to everybody that came up to him. Um, he gave my friend Alex a little guitar lesson and he's just such a nice person. I didn't get to interact with him myself, but I saw his interactions with people and all of his stories. Like if you go on Twitter and you like search, search Justin York, I'm sure you hear all these great stories about how humble Every, he is. Everyone loves him. I love him. I seriously at that show, I've, I've been to a lot of Paramore shows and I was standing, I usually end up standing in front of Justin coincidentally, sometimes by Taylor, very rarely in front of Haley, but I'm usually on Justin's side and he, he wasn't making eye contact with me per se, but he was just looking into the crowd and just making eye contact. With pure love and adoration. I don't know if you saw that, but he was just like looking at specific people, not looking for them, but just looking at them and he's just smiling and you can tell he's just so happy and it's just, it's so nice to see members of a band that just went through so much bullshit smile yeah for sure <laughs> sorry i'm choking on uh something <laughs> i think just the dry air but uh um it was just it was really interesting because maybe he does that at all the shows and i've just been oblivious because i'm enjoying the show but he was just smiling <coughs> my god Woo, i don't know what is <laughs> happening sorry anybody listening you're just getting choked up i'm just getting really choked up over justin york which is such a mood but i i love all of all of the members of paramore shout out to joey and joey howard and and logan but um i know justin taylor Haley, and zach are from nashville so that's why i'm specifically and it's funny because like you them. you always wonder like how they are the way they are you're like because people always talk about how paramore are like more humble and more chill than like other celebrities and you always wondered like why and how but it's not until you come to nashville that you totally get it it's just so 
interesting. Like I said, yeah. I just can't get over Justin York looking into the crowd and making eye contact with literally maybe 50 people, like not at once, but like <laughs> his he, 50 eyes. I think he stared at me once for like a couple seconds, smiled, moved on to the next person, looked at them, smiled. He just looked like he was so proud to be in that, that moment in, in this band at this show. And as somebody who's a fan of this band, it just made me feel so warm inside. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Sorry. There's a nice coffee behind you. You can have it. I, I could have it. <laughs> Talk about Justin York. Okay. Um, I don't know anything about Justin, but I just know that I'm in love with him. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> mm. Thank you. I was trying to, you know, have some dead air for a second so I can drink this iced coffee and not choke to death. But th- thanks for the nothing. You've been to way more shows than me. I don't, I don't have anything to say other than it's just like what, so what a pure experience it is to just witness a show of people who actually give a crap about what they're doing, really. And it's just like I said, when, you know, a lot of shit has gone down in Paramore over the course of their entire career. And it's just like not only is After Laughter such an incredible record for a lot of reasons, regardless if you loved it, you hated it, didn't relate to it. It's an important record in this band's career. And to see it come to an end and so in the way that it did, it was just so magical. You know, like I said, I just talked a bunch about how Justin made me feel a part of it, but every band member made me feel a part of it. You know, I looked over at Joey Howard at one point and he just like could not stop smiling. Like he looked like he was so happy to be there. Even Taylor, you know, I, like I, like I said, I've seen Paramore a bunch of times, but just Taylor gave so much emotion. You know, he doesn't really smile a lot at shows but he he shows it in the way he plays the guitar and the way he dances that he's just like really enjoying himself which is great it's like you don't always have to smile to look like you're having fun you know the zach doesn't always smile when he's behind the drums because obviously he's concentrating but you know you can you can feel it like after it wasn't no friend but i think it was idol worship and Zach's banging these drums. And it's just, I felt the emotion in it. And, you know, I i haven't really seen that kind of emotion in, in a while from um, from Zach, especially behind the drums. I mean, he always tries to give a little oomph. But that show, maybe, maybe I'm over-exaggerating it because, <laughs> you know, I'm here and it was just really emotional. But, you know, when he was hitting those drums after Idol Worship, I was just, like, really blown away by all the power and Taylor, obviously, no friend. He slammed that guitar down so hard. I was so shook. <laughs> like, just stuff like that. You know, I, I love when they smile because then you can obviously tell that they're happy. But I love stuff like that where they're displaying their emotions. Zach hitting the drums extra hard. Taylor slamming his guitar um, and possibly shattering it into pieces. And just... I don't know. There was something so genuine about that show. I mean, all the shows in the After Laughter album cycle have been so genuine, but I don't know. I think Justin York really just set the Justin York made it. He set he the did. tone. <laughs> Thank I, you, Justin. Seriously, like from from song one, when grudges when they opened with grudges, <laughs> I just like look out at Justin. I just stared at him and I was like, This man is so happy. <laughs> and I'm like, has he always been like this? <laughs> I was like, do I just not notice Justin York on often enough? Because I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's just like, I loved looking at this band of people that have been through so much. And they created a record from so much hard times, pun intended. And it's just, they saw the other side of it. And they they ended 
the cycle on such a humble and such nice note. Like I love that my favorite album from Paramore ended in Nashville. Yes. And you could really feel how special it was. I don't know what it was about it. It felt like it, it was a big auditorium we were in. Like you said, 9,000 people. And we were, it was like a massive pit of people like where you want to suffocate and die. At least 7,000 probably. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't, it felt like we were at a small show. It had a big production, but it felt like a tiny ass show in a club where you're just sweaty and living your best life. Knees weak, arms are ready. Upsetty spaghetti. <laughs> but the other thing that I really loved about the show is I mentioned it the other day, but it's like, I looked to my left, I looked to my right, and I looked behind me, and I knew the person that was there. And it's just like um, Haley said it in one of the um, interviews that she did during the cycle. She said, you know, I think she did it for um, Paper Magazine. Oh, no, she did it um, for The Fader, my bad. Um, When she did that article, that interview for The Fader, and she said, you know, I look to my left, I look to my right, and I look behind me, and I know that those people have my back. You know, those are my friends. Those are people that I can trust. And it was just like, I felt that. And that's so emotional because, you know, there's so many, I've, I've been to tons of shows in my lifetime and, um, you know, even shows on Long Island, even local shows, I don't know the person in front of me to the left, to the right or behind me, you know, unless it's the people that I went with. But, um, when I went to that show at Art and Friends, I knew everybody in my general vicinity and that's fucking crazy Yeah, because one of those people was somebody from England (laughs) (laughs) It's like I had somebody behind me who's from the UK. I had somebody to my right that was from Scotland. The person to my left was from Canada. The person in front of me was from uh, England. The person in front of us was from the Netherlands. Yeah. That, yeah like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's like we can go on and on. But I knew at least two people to every direction, yeah. whether it was in front of, behind, or to the sides of me. I knew at least two people. And that's what makes it so special. And it's like I had that on Parahoy, but... I don't know. There's something about being in your favorite band's hometown and watching the end of your favorite album just like slowly, you know, rest. Mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing compares to that, man. It's they did just it like, justice. They definitely did it justice. And you know what? I think they ended it at the right time. Yeah. you. We all thought that they were ending it like early, but like at the show, it felt right. You it know? felt so right. And you know, it was funny. I'm, I'm, I will admit this. Um, they opened with grudges and immediately immediately we all had the same thought i I looked over at kate i looked over at the band and i looked over at kate (laughs) and i just kind of like rolled my eyes a little bit because i was like i really thought we were gonna they were gonna open with the fake happy intro that's what we wanted that's what we wanted (laughs) that's all we wanted that's literally to be completely honest with you guys that's all i was expecting was um, at least getting the fake happy intro just to pay homage to the whole after laughter cycle. We knew that Tell Me How was sound checked, so we had a good feeling that we yeah. were going to get that somewhere at the at the show because um, this is the first time I think that Paramore has played an entire album within the first um, year of its life or the first you know like touring cycle of its life. You know, uh, self titled was a huge nineteen. 19- 17 18 19 i don't remember how many songs are on that record because there's so many but um obviously self-titled didn't get played in its entirety the first tour um cycle that they did for for it or even that era like we still haven't heard um oh no we've heard every song from that record i believe i don't there's so many songs on that record i can't think in this moment (laughs) but you know the first um the first era of that whole thing we didn't hear all the all the songs same thing with riot same thing with brand new eyes we still haven't heard all i wanted all we know is falling 
I never heard All We Know. I just missed it when I first started seeing Paramore. I had just missed the All We Know was falling touring cycle era. Um, so I've never heard All We Know live. We probably never will. But um, that that made it really special. So I was bummed out that we didn't get the fake happy intro. But you know what? I can't be bummed about anything. Well, our so immediate grateful. thought was this is just the two or five set list. But then immediately right after that, I'm like, they switched it up. So it was fine. It, it was fine. It was fine. Like I said, at first when I heard grudges, I was like I had my camera out because I was ready to record the fake happy intro. Oh, yeah. But they started with grudges and I was like, OK. And then they went on to still into you and. But then they did Rose Colored Boy, and that's when I was like, oh. Did they switch that? Yeah, Rose Colored Boy was like third or fourth. Okay, so it was that, they very, switched the order. Yeah, so that's when I was thrown off, and I was like, no way. So at least it was different. It was a little different. See, I went to multiple shows on that tour, and I don't even remember that. <laughs> well, I, just know I they can tell the, you that the they closed with Rose Colored Boy, so that's why I was shook. No, they didn't. Not for tour five. On tour five, they closed with Rose Colored Boy. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long week. <laughs> um... Yeah, but anyway, so at first I was bummed, not going to lie, because I was expecting at least the fake happy intro, and I wanted to hear careful because I'm selfish, but um, (laughs) the longer the set went on, I just got so engulfed in the whole thing, and then when they sat down to do the acoustic set and Haley acknowledged, you know, I know this is the tour five set list, and I know that some of you guys have gone on uh, tour five dates, but we wanted to bring this home. That's when I remember they never played Tour 5 in Nashville. Yeah. So. I realized that too in the same moment. I think we had the same idea. And I was like, you know what? This feels right because they didn't do a hometown show on Tour 5. And I felt that it was necessary to bring Tour 5 to Nashville. And then they made it special by actually doing Tell Me How. And it was just wild. That was a magical experience. And um, if you guys um, look in the show notes, by the time um, this episode comes out, Kate's video might be out or check um, back on her lie. channel. Don't that's a lie. Don't put me up like that. I was, I was going to realize. Just subscribe that. and you'll see it. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> But um, me and Kate did um, did a little Q&A video where we talked about um, Tell Me How for a hot second. And I just want to kind of go into a little more detail than that. As somebody who goes to a lot of um, shows, I I don't know. I'm a, I'm a pretty emotional person. You know, I, I do cry a lot. I'm the frequent, frequent crier program member. Uh, proudly admit that. Um, I don't get emotional at shows very often. And by very often, I mean only once. <laughs> um, the only time that I've ever cried let alone had an emotional breakdown at a show was um, on Parahoy when I saw No Friend with Aaron Weiss. And um, I wasn't expecting that. Like uh, I, I joke a lot on Twitter and everything that um, I'm always going to cry or go on the floor or roll around or Yeah, but do she something. literally did. But I literally did um, multiple times. <laughs> they, uh, they did a, a hard rock meetup with all the people that were going on Parahoy and um, I heard No Friend and I just started sobbing on the floor. <laughs> but that's irrelevant. Um But yeah, that was the one and only time that I've ever gotten emotional at a show. And I wasn't expecting that. Like, I thought I was over-exaggerating on Twitter that I was going to cry. And for some reason, like, the song was almost over and I just started sobbing. And I look over to my friend from Germany and I just cried on her shoulder. And I think that made me cry even more because without Paramore, I never would have met her. And without this experience of being on Parahoy, I never, I never would have met her either, like in person, let alone on the internet. So there was a lot going on that day. And... Um, that's the one and only time I ever got emotional on a show. And I've seen a lot of things that mean a lot to me. You know, I've seen a lot of my favorite records, um, get 10 year tours. I've seen, a, I've seen, um, bands that I have lyrics tattooed on me. I've seen those songs live and I've never felt that emotional before. So, um, 
I'm not an emotional person when it comes to live music. I don't know why that is. I might be heartless. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but um, so when I say that, tell me how didn't really do anything for me. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I don't way. think it was meant to make anyone sad. I, I think everyone just felt it in the moment. I definitely felt the emotion. Like, for sure. Um, I felt Haley's anxiety. Exactly. I get emotional in a different way. Like you wouldn't expect it. But mm-hmm. I was the first time I got emotional. Or in front, I cried like four times. First of all, the first time I got emotional that night <laughs> is is when Rose Colored Boy was going on. And it's like I just had to take a moment and like stop singing and jumping and being ridiculous <laughs> and realize that like this will be the last time I see this song for a while and stuff and just like live in the moment. Like I actually did get so emotional because I'm just a little baby like that. But that happened. <laughs> a few times in the show I think also happened during misery business because they Probably. retired it and we'll that, that. That, that's a whole thing but like Ms. Biz um as much as it's controversial it's just one of my most favorite songs to just watch because so the fun. crowd loves it it's so and fun that's why it's so fun so just like for it's always with the bumping songs that is when I cry <laughs> tell me how don't know her I'm crying during misery business <laughs> <laughs> literally misery business <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like I got emotional at those kinds of songs because I'm like, this is a special moment I have to like remember for myself and just like live in. Yeah, it's like, again, no disrespect, but Tell Me How is one of those songs that I don't listen to very often when I listen to After Laughter and it's not because I don't like it, but maybe it's because it reminds me too much of something that I went through right around the, the when that song was released. You know, I had just gone over, gotten over a really um, traumatic friend breakup and um even though it was it was something really ridiculous, but something about it really hurt my feelings. And um, the song is, you know, rumored to be about something very similar, about a friend breakup, essentially. And um, I think the lyrics hit me too hard that I didn't want to process it. It's kind of one of those things that you just want to ignore. Like, you don't yeah. want to deal with it. You don't have the time to process this. You just want to never acknowledge it again. And I think that a part of that kind of traumatized me and made me not want to listen to that song so um I didn't really get emotional when they played it but like I said I felt Haley's anxiety singing it because she has said that she wasn't ready to sing it she wasn't ready to do that song live because it hurts and I think that a part of her um felt that we we needed to hear it because she wanted to end the after laughter cycle and they, that was the only song that they didn't play. And I feel like a part of her still didn't want to do it. But I think that she did it for us. But it was a good form of closure. And I will say that, that like that part of the night, like for me, and I feel like just because the vibe changed in the room, everyone was singing that song differently than they sang the rest, if that makes sense. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Like I, I noticed I, even I was singing with more emotion and I'm like, this is weird. Like, how is this happening? But that's just the power of live music. Yeah, it's just, it was one of those things where, I wasn't, I didn't have any feeling about it when I saw it. I just knew it was special. And it's like, I'm not on, I don't, it's like, I I feel like I'm ungrateful for saying that it didn't do anything for me, but I feel like people can't really think that way. You know, there's so many things that I haven't got to experience that other people have. And I don't think that they're ungrateful for not appreciating it. I just think that everybody processes things different. Like, tell me how isn't that song for me? 26 isn't that song for me. Neither is Last Hope. And I spent a lot of time feeling really bad about it. Like, I spent a lot of time feeling like a bad fan and feeling like a bad person for not feeling anything for Last Hope. And there's all these people that have... I've spoken about this a million times. I'm sorry, this is super repetitive. But everybody has, you know, hold on to hope if you've got it. Or they have... um 
lyrics from last hope tattooed on them and it's just I don't feel that way and I feel like that's one of those songs that people get offended by if you don't like and it just really hurt my feelings for a while that I felt like I was a bad fan for not connecting to those songs so tell me how I I feel kind of bad not connecting to that song emotionally you know I relate to the lyrics of it but I don't have an emotional connection to it you don't have to connect emotionally to every single song ever though and that's kind of like the beauty of it that you just get to pick like me crying to misery business but not tell me how (laughs) like what kind of life is that right (laughs) but like I said when when they got to the first chorus and Haley just kind of had that look like, Tim, this is emotional. Yeah. I mean, like Taylor York is playing the piano and the, the spotlight is on him. That alone was like really fucking emotional. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I loved that I was there for it, but it wasn't something that I cried over or I got emotional over it. And I think that... I feel like it was soul cleansing and gave you closure <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. I just, I, the thing I love about Tell Me How Live is that, um, Haley, I think had to push past some sort of fear and anxiety about it to finally kind of get over it. You know, our art and friends was great because Haley dyed her hair, a darker blonde slash yellowish color. And she said that it was time and that she was going to talk about it later, which I'm sure is going to be super emotional, but the last, it, it's so It's so emotional for a lot of reasons because she kept talking about how she wasn't ready to dye her hair again. And the last um, show of After Laughter, which is a very emotional record, and when she finally expresses all of these anxieties and fears and everything, she decided to finally dye her hair at the end of it. Ugh, don't do this to me. (laughs) That's a a lot to take in already. And then tell me how, like she's getting over a lot of things in front of us. And that's mm. so crazy. It's like, like we're all healing together. Yeah. Is what it was. And that's emotional as fuck. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I felt a lot closer to this band during this album cycle, which, you know, I know that sounds strange to say because I've been a fan for a really long time, but I never really connected or felt a part of this community. And sometimes I still don't, you know, after Art and Friends, I kind of still felt a little disconnected to the community, which is fine. That's my own thing. But, um, and in that moment during tell me how I felt connected to this community and I felt connected to this band. Like I don't me and Haley don't know each other personally. You know, we're not hanging out right now or getting frothy monkey, but, um, <laughs> um, and that moment I felt for her. Yeah. I, when she was singing, tell me how I felt. You could relate to that because yeah. even though you can't relate to the song, you can relate to her emotions in the moment. Cause we've all felt like that at some point yeah. with whatever. No matter if it was a friend breakup, a regular breakup, or just in general. Yeah. It's just, I I forgot to tweet this. I meant to tweet this. But um, the No Friend Inshore lyrics are somewhere on the internet. And um, at Art and Friends, I don't know if it was just me, my heightened sense of <laughs> hearing. But um, they played the, the intro a little louder. And you can actually make out the words. Um, I already know the words. So to me, I felt that they were very clear. But a lot of people don't know the words. So um, I don't know if they noticed it. But I definitely noticed it. I could hear every single word that Aaron was saying very vividly. And um, a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to it. And um, knowing knowing the words, I was like, I feel the anxiety in that email. Like the what Haley wrote to Aaron, which I'm assuming is word for word what she wrote in the, um, the email to him for no friend. I feel the anxiety in the way that she's speaking, you know, because I write like that. You know, I've written tons of letters and 
things that I was scared to say to people. I, I write like that, you know, and it's just very emotional for me that somebody that I don't know and that doesn't really know me is experiencing things the way that I am. And that's why Tell Me How kind of like gave me a new perspective. Like, I don't love the song, but I feel her anxieties and I feel her being scared to perform that song you know like I keep saying Taylor was playing piano and that was so emotional what a sight to see right he was just like I didn't even see him at first I actually didn't I didn't know he played the piano till after the show people were like he was playing the piano I was like you know didn't see him what doesn't Taylor do it's very true let's be real he saved the band multiple times he plays guitar he produces he's just everything he plays drums like Taylor you I love one man I always stand one man but uh, but yeah, so I know we spent a lot of time talking about Tell Me How, but a lot of people want to know Because it's what people want to know. People want to know about one. it. It's a good thing to talk about. But um, we're going to move on to something else that people wanted to talk about. Um, so overall, to wrap it up, Tell Me How was an experience. Um, you don't have to relate or love the song to feel the emotion in it. And if you didn't, that's still okay. You're still, you're still a good Paramore fan. But um, for me and Kate personally, it was um, it was just a cool experience. But um, another thing that people were talking about was the quote unquote death of misery I'll business. <laughs> the death of misery Let business. Let me just say, as the number one misbiz stand, just for the sake of it being, I don't know, just so fuck you. <laughs> Is that why I love it so much? Maybe. <laughs> um, first of all, am I going to tell this story about how the whole show was like a fever dream to me? Because that is wild. <laughs> Seriously, like I don't remember being there. <laughs> Pretty much, like they really did switch up the set list quite a bit. So they, they got into the acoustic part of the set pretty early in the set. I feel it was only 40 minutes in, I think of the two hour set, which is pretty early. Um, but yeah, like the second song into the acoustic set, I'm like, I'm about to pass the fuck out. Like it was, it was hot in Nashville all day. And like, we had three, had six foot men in front of us, like taking up all the AC. So I'm literally suffocating. I, I knew it was definitely heat stroke because I was like dehydrated, dehydrated, going to pass out. My hands were tingling. It was a good time. So I tapped Sam on the shoulder as 26 was about to start with the strings, which is, you know, I missed that, but like, whatever. Um, and I'm like, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going to go get some water. I left. I sat on the floor, got my mom to get me water. I sat on the floor for 26. Then they did idol worship. Oh, that, no, they did caught in the middle and then idol worship. I'm still on the floor at this point. And then (laughs) drinking this whole ass cup of ice water and then no friend starts. And I'm like, I got to go back to Sam for this, obviously. So I'm still kind of out of it, but like I'm better because I've cooled down. I have my chilled water. So I go into the pit. God damn, if I can't find my way back, this pit is like freakishly impossible to navigate. So (laughs) let me tell you, no friend is going on. (laughs) the lights you know it's all red it's dark it's like all this shit's happening the whole fucking song i am navigating through the crowd and i'm lost it was like a fever dream like i don't even know the second the song ended is when i got back to sam (laughs) so i completely missed her breakdown of whatever happened there but the second i got back and i'm standing there like i'm gonna have a good time now Haley comes out she's like yeah like we're we're not gonna sing this song anymore i'm like oh my god this whole thing is like not real right like, what? <laughs> and I'm like trying to enjoy the show best I can but um I'm like you know I'm, I'm, I'm here I, I actually want to die like I can't but it was kind of cool at the same time because I got to just step back and just watch and experience just like so calmly just everything going on it was like history being made it was you know it it really was it was kind of therapeutic in a way that I'm I'm sitting on the cold floor like 
like while strings are going on in 26 and I just get to like watch the lights and just watch everyone and people were dancing like crazy to caught in the middle and I just like loved watching everyone so it was it was a good experience in my own way even though I almost died <laughs> do it for the pit do it for the pit <laughs> for people that haven't heard or you know people that block it out but um so at Art and Friends Haley had made a speech which she's been making a similar speech to most nights on tour five. I think she's been making it since after laughter came out to be honest, but, um, every night on tour five, at least the ones that I went to the shows that I went to, um, she was making a speech before misery business and they were the same message, but she said different things. Um, she basically keeps saying for the last 10 years that she no longer relates to the lyrics and misery business and how she wrote it as an angry 17 year old kid, which, you know, who hasn't had a diary and written stuff that they don't mean, whether it's on Twitter and you're 24 years old and you get called out for it and you make a fake apology video or, uh, you know, or, um, you know, all of us have said things that, you know, we don't mean out of anger. It just so happens that Haley's diary moment is a number one single for the last 10 years. Um, and it's a fan favorite and it's become somewhat of a cult thing, but she's basically said time and time again, she doesn't relate to those lyrics anymore. She no longer says the controversial whore lyric. Um, the crowd sings it instead. I've done an episode about this before. Um, so at art and friends, she had said that, um, they made the decision as a band to retire the song for a while. Yes, she said not the forever. Word, she said the word for a while. Now a lot of people freaked out. And a lot of people on Twitter are like, Ms. Biz is dead. Oh, my God. The dream is dead. Um, they're no longer playing it anymore. Uh, a lot of people were saying a lot of rude things about it, how um, this is all the feminist. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> the feminist killed misery business <laughs> um, and all of this really aggressive stuff. But um, a lot of people were upset because misery business is the song that Haley calls up one to three usual. Um, usually she's been calling up either one, two or three, sometimes four fans to sing the last line of misery business for the last seven or eight years. I think they started in 2010, but um, a lot of people were really sad because they felt connected to the band when that happened. And then there was another side of the coin where a lot of people were happy because it's no longer a fan competition for not getting picked. Yeah. And I just want to say that, um, you know, I might be biased because I, I have been picked for misery business. Um, Kate has not. So yeah, she so I, I have another opinion on this. <laughs> so she has another opinion, but as somebody who's gotten picked for misery business, maybe you guys don't care what I have to say because it might sound biased. But, um, I think that if no matter what, if you don't relate to a song anymore, or you don't want to, you know, be that person anymore, you shouldn't be obligated to do it because it's what the fans want. You know, there are a lot of songs that Paramore doesn't play anymore because they just don't relate to it anymore. You know, I'm not going to name names on songs, but you guys, if you guys are Paramore fans, you know what songs I'm talking about. There are songs that they don't relate to anymore, songs that they don't want to play. And I think that just because Misery Business was their biggest hit or something that fans love or it's the song they come to see, I don't think that they should have to sing it or play it because Haley doesn't relate to it anymore. And, you know, she's been picked apart since that song has come out about that lyric. And how many times is this woman going to apologize? She's a 29-year-old person now, and a 17-year-old girl wrote that. And I just don't think it's fair to be mad at her, let alone the band, for not doing the song anymore. You know, I watch... I haven't seen Panic! at the Disco since 2008. Um, tragic. <laughs> very tragic. But um, 
they still play our it's not tragedies and um i've and mentioned even even brendan doesn't sing the he horror doesn't lyric sing anymore. the horror lyric anymore he hasn't for a while i mean he hasn't i've done I, again i've done a um an episode about this um comparing the way that people reacted to brendan yuri and Haley williams saying horror in the same year and the way that she's gotten criticized for it and he's kind of gotten a pass even though i don't agree with anybody um you know, getting harassed over lyrics that they wrote when they were kids, let alone Brendan didn't even write the song. But um, that's that's irrelevant. I, I'm a huge panic stan. I love Brendan Urie. He's an unproblematic human being. We love two men. It we is love Taylor two York men. and Brendan Urie. And uh, yeah, I have no problem with Brendan Urie. He's salt to the earth. I No issue whatsoever. But um, again, if you guys care more about that, you can listen to that episode where I, I talk about that. But, um, you know, I'm surprised that Panic still plays I Write Sins because they're not obligated to. But I think that, um, I mean, Brendan didn't write the song, so I don't know if he has, like, any emotional connection to it. I think he just knows it's a fan favorite song. He kind of does. And I can say this because I saw him just a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. He says um, before every time they play it, um, he just talks about being grateful for his life and career, basically. And he's like, we're going to go back to where it all began. And that's kind of his homage to his own life and himself, which right. I respect. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, like I said, maybe it's because he didn't personally write those lyrics. And, you know, I Write Sins isn't really based on a personal thing. It wasn't ripped from someone's diary. It's just kind of, you know, that whole album was just kind of really well written. Uh, hashtag we love Ryan Ross. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, Misery Business is literally taken from a high school diary. You know, Haley wrote those lyrics because of a, spe a specific situation. She's addressed it before when that song was written. And even I was reading back on Life Journal when that song came out, Haley even addressed it. And she mentioned that even when that song was released, so like, you know, it was just fresh. Even in 2007, as a 17 year old person, she kind of regretted writing those lyrics. So. I mean, no one knows when a song is going to get huge. I mean, she probably wrote that and she's like, oh, we're we're an unknown band. You know, this is just my feelings. And then it became a number one hit. Um, you know, you can't control certain things like that. It's like if it's a bop, it's a bop. Um, so I think that by retiring that song, I think that it's OK. And I think that if you're a fan of the band, you have to be OK with it. Yeah. For at least Haley's sake, you know, the band, obviously, but Haley has talked about this so many times and I think she's just tired of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I saw Jimmy world the last time I was here and they always close with sweetness and you see a lot of bands, they have like the, these hits and they've been playing them for like over 20 years, like fall up boy still play sugar. We're going down. And it's just like, at some point we have to be okay with letting go of the hits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we really do. And like I said, I'll let Kate speak to that from yeah, an unbiased opinion. <laughs> But um, my personal opinion is we have to let go of things that, you know, even if it hurts us, we have to let go for the people that we love's sake. You know, if we really yeah. love Paramore and we really love and respect Haley, we have to be okay with misery business being retired. Well, this whole era has been about relating to everything and they clearly <laughs> don't relate to it anymore. Clearly. And even though, you know, maybe some people in the world still relate to that song and putting the controversy aside from it and all the drama that comes with it, people being like, you didn't deserve to go up and I did like all that crap. As uh, the number one Mizbiz stand who never went up, I can say that I'm totally fine with it being retired. I wasn't sad when she said that. I was kind of like, you know what? Like, this makes total sense. And I think maybe it's because I'm fine with it. Like, being like, oh, yeah, I'm at the last show that it'll be played at for a while. So maybe that's why I was personally okay with it. 
but I don't know. It's kind of nice that I don't know if they'll make another song, one where they bring fans up like they did for Ankle Biters that one tour. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But either way, I think it'll be fine. And maybe one day they'll decide to bring it back. I think they should just rewrite the lyric, honestly. Just change it to something else. Have a Obviously. time with it. Once you're uh, I don't even know what they could put Once you're place. a yee-haw. Once you yee, <laughs> nothing ha. Huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it bummed me out that people were so mad. And people were twisting what I think what it's Haley because said. people actually think that they took it literally, like, never playing it again. But meanwhile, I, I said this on Twitter. I was like, peop- Haley has been saying that Art and Friends is the last show for a while. Yes. We're taking a break for a while. That could also mean, like, we're not playing Misery Business for, like, a year a year exactly and then or they could the next cycle or something. exactly you know she said a while for the next show and nobody a lot of people didn't take it as they were breaking up or they're never going to tour again or they're never going to do anything again but she said a while for misery business and everyone's like miss Biz, she did and i'm like i think that's out of selfish reasons probably yeah and listen i get it like i said people probably don't care what i think because i i've been picked for misery business and i'm incredibly grateful for it and you know I don't think anybody deserves it or anything, but I definitely didn't deserve it. I really didn't. Um, I felt, I felt like I was, it was an out of body body experience, but it didn't make or break my life. You know, like if I didn't get picked for misery business, I don't think that I would have felt less of a person. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like less of a person. I didn't feel like less of a fan when I, I mean, I only got picked this cycle. So, you know, I spent a lot of times as a Paramore fan where I was uninterested in getting picked for Misery Business. It was only recently that I really wanted to get picked because I wanted to overcome something for myself. I didn't want to get picked for Misery Business because I wanted to be a superior fan or get the clout or get attention. You know, I didn't want attention. Yeah, you actually never talk about it unless if like somebody else brings it up. Like, yeah, it's nothing. I don't. I don't like bringing it up because I don't want people to think that I'm bragging about it or that I feel that I deserved it or I don't want people to think the opposite or, you know, why did I get picked because I didn't deserve it or because I didn't care about and it. And that's why I think they're retiring it for that exact reason. And I, I, I agree other than the fact that they don't relate because yeah. it, it's stressful. Like I have a, I have a couple of friends that feel the same way that they don't talk about it. I went to um, the show after I got picked. I, um, I went to Philly and um I was talking to some girl and she goes, uh, what did she say? Oh, they were talking about misery business. And I was like, oh yeah, I, I just got picked. And she's like, you don't sound very excited about it. And yeah, I was it's instant <laughs> judgment. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> I was like, it was, it was a really great experience. Like I'm really grateful for it. And she was just like mad at me about it. And it's just like, you never win when you get picked for misery. Business. <laughs> and it's just like, I, I hold on to that. Like I either get people that think I'm an asshole <laughs> because I was picked or that, um, I, I don't know. It's like, you're damned if you do damned if you don't like, all I can say is I'm really grateful for it. And, um, going back to my original point is that I wanted to get picked for my own reasons. You know, I didn't feel like less of a fan. I didn't let it make or break my life when I did get picked, you know, it was a different experience for me. Like my mom was at that show. I got picked and when she was like so happy for me, all my closest friends at the time were there. Everybody that I've ever met from a group chat or anybody that I've ever met from being a Paramore fan was there. And again, there's an, there's an episode on me being picked from Ms. Biz if anybody cares about that. But, um, it was just one of those things where you can't put so much pressure on 
a band. Yeah. You know, like getting picked for misery business isn't going to make your life more filling. And I know that that sounds really shitty, but you know, maybe it's personal, but I didn't get off that stage and instantly feel like a superstar or that, you know, I was going to be this famous Twitter personality or <laughs> anything like that. And I don't know if anybody gets off that stage. It feels like that because I, I don't know, but maybe that's an over-exaggerated way of thinking. But I think that people put so much on misery business that I feel isn't fair to the band or themselves. You know, you're not going to get picked and instantly feel this sense of purpose. And I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I think that it's not something that we have to put so much stress on. You know, you're not less of a person because you don't get picked for something or the band doesn't hate you because you didn't get picked. And I'm kind of preaching to myself as I'm saying yeah. this because, uh, you know, I didn't try to get picked for a really long time. And I didn't really hold any meaning to it. But, you know, when, when they pick somebody, I saw the, I saw their face light up and I saw the band's face light up and I wanted to feel like that, you know, for a really long time. Mm -hmm. I wanted to feel important to the band. And I just saw these people getting picked for misery business. And I saw Haley's face and Taylor's face and everybody just kind of be so excited for them. And I wanted to feel like that. But as the years gone on and I, I finally did get picked, you know, it was more for me. Yeah. You know, and I didn't walk off that stage feeling any more or less important to Paramore. You know, yes, it's cool that Haley points to you and says you and you introduce yourself and you get to hug, you know, as many people that you can in that couple of seconds. Um, and they smile at you and they make you feel important. But I didn't walk off that stage and feel any more connected or disconnected to the band. I just said, yeah, fuck anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's all that that was to me. So um, I know we've talked a lot about business. We been have like you, because minutes. I'm the number one Ms. Biz fan. That's, that's all that matters. <laughs> but I've been going to Paramore shows since 2011. And in the beginning, I yeah, right. Raise the roof about that. <laughs> I've been like in the for the longest time I did try to get up on stage but during the last couple of shows because I've now seen them three times in the past year Party. in a bit that's that's wild as hell yeehaw. um <laughs> ye freaking ha um definitely the last few shows I kind of started like dying down about it I mean like a year ago like I did make a sign it was the proudest thing I ever did but it didn't work because security hates me but whatever Move. but like once I started caring less it's just it's easier to enjoy the show you know what I mean like you don't have anxiety about it and I will admit that like for for the first few shows, like when I didn't get picked, it kind of like ruined my vibe for the show. And it shouldn't be like that. You're just there to like hang out and have a time. That's why, you know, at the core of it, I love the idea behind bringing a fan up on stage or multiple fans on stage and making them feel important and having their moment. But I do think that at some point it made fans bitter. Can I just say, cause I have a slight story about this, uh, <laughs> not naming names or anything, but when Paramore did bring up like, 20 people or whatever for ankle biters that one tour they did in 2013 um <laughs> there was a girl who got up on stage one time and she was very rude to one of my friends about it saying like i got on stage you didn't you fucking bitch like she's literally saying that to them so i feel like that there comes like this weird superiority complex with people who get pulled up sometimes and it's not gucci it's not gucci and it's just like i know that's that's very small percentage of fans very very small but it's aggressive and it and it exists and you know no matter what that paramore does somebody's like i said they took the they took the song off the set list and people were pissed <laughs> you know like 
I, I said it again on Twitter. I, I, a lot of things that I say on the podcast, I say on Twitter. Uh, but um, I said on Twitter, you know, people want growth so bad. People are so mad at Haley for writing those lyrics and everything. And she keeps apologizing for it. And they finally take it off the set list. And people are pissed about that. It's like people are so I mad live, when people don't change. I live by the motto, you will never please everyone. So you just have to please yourself. And I think that's what Paramore is finally learning to do with this album era. So... Whatever's best for them, we'll follow. Well, that's what I'm I'll saying. I'll subscribe to that content. Click. That's that's basically at the core of it, you know. I just feel like as a whole wrap-up mood of um, of After Laughter is that I feel that Paramore is finally doing what's right for them and not what's right for the fans. We love that. We love self-love. And I, I love that, you know. There are so many bands that feel that, you know, oh, if you're not giving what the fans want, you know, you're not a good person because the fans are everything blah 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 but it's like no if you don't love what you're doing it's gonna show and it's gonna take it's gonna take more of a toll on your fans than if you're doing something you don't love you know paramore like Haley said that self-titled scared her like ain't it fun and still into you and songs like that scared her because she didn't think the fans were gonna like it and i think it was taylor that said who cares yeah (laughs) not in those words don't call me on that (laughs) I know, I know everybody's taking a lot of things out of context lately, but um, more or less, Taylor's like, do, do you. And I think that Haley also agreed. Like, she's like, fuck it. You know, again, paraphrasing. <laughs> but uh, basically saying, fuck it. And look at that. Ain't it fun has a Grammy. Yeah, exactly. And I, it's funny because I, every time Ain't it fun comes up on serious radio I ju- at work, I just want to cry because I, 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 I'm so overhearing that song. I'm sorry, Paramore, but it's just like one of those songs that's been overplayed. And whenever anybody at work hears it, they're like, oh my God, Sam, it's, it's your song. I'm like, this is not my song. But I know what they mean. They mean it's Paramore and that I'm excited about it. But um, yeah, I don't love Ain't It Fun. Still Into You is one of my least favorite Paramore songs. But you know what? Who cares? You know, at the end of the day, I'm one person. And apparently it's Justin York's favorite song to play. So now it's my favorite song. <laughs> because I stand whatever Justin York stands uh it was funny actually I was telling somebody I was like I don't like still into you and they're like it's Justin York's favorite song to play and I was like I, I love, love still into, into you, you. <laughs> <laughs> because I said I had said I was like oh man I wish they would retire that song and then they said that to me I was like you know what I hope they play it for all of eternity <laughs> <laughs> you know what if that's the reason still into you is still on the set list oh, I'm here bless. for it <laughs> Confirm it, Paramore. Is it still in the set list because Justin York loves it? Confirm or deny. <laughs> don't do that. You don't have to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was. that's really summing up Art and Friends. Uh, we're going to do... How long have we been talking for? So Quick, long. Too long. Nobody's here. <laughs> cricket, cricket. Um, we are going to talk more about um, a couple of things from Art and Friends, but I did want to put out this episode for you guys because a lot of people wanted to hear what we both had to say, how our experiences was. Um experiences were sorry that was not grammatically in more or less words and we definitely picked more (laughs) always more paramore uh so that's all our thoughts on art and friends i'm just really happy that paramore even though that they are mega giants in the music industry decided to do something so cool and so special for their hometown and i feel the the nashville pride i was just about to say new york pride (laughs) 
But uh, we are not in New York, and I definitely don't feel as proud of New York as I do for Nashville. <laughs> we love Nash. I, I love Nashville. I'm Nashville pretty convinced I'm going to move here. Like, I, I don't know when, where, why, how, whatever, but I'm just convinced about it. <laughs> well, we're going to do we're going to do an episode on that if we both move to Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's all we have to say. I'm so grateful for being here i'm so grateful for art and friends i'm so grateful for friends just know we are grateful just know we are grateful i'm grateful for paramore and um in tradition with this episode i am going to play another band that we did see that we fell in love with at art and friends you want you want coin over there oh because uh it's coin it's a coin <laughs> were you not going to play coin i was gonna I, I, look oh, it's right okay. here well, you know i can't read i'm <laughs> reading comprehension I is so look. hard well, actually, really quick, um, we didn't know the coin set list, but we stand hard, and I the set list was not online, so I tweeted out really quick if anyone knew it, and uh, my girl Steph, at Steph underscore Gettings, yes, saved Steph. the day, and she gave us the set list. So pick a song from that tweet right there. Oh, what, uh, what song? She, she said it could have been Growing Pain. She doesn't know the... Well, you know what? Just because you said that, we're going to play that song. Play Growing Pains. I'm going to play that song. Before we play... The song Growing Pains by the band Coin. I'm going to tell you guys where you can find me. And then Kate's going to tell you where you can find her if she can remember uh, all her socials. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we love self-promo here. So remember, you guys can find me on Twitter, which is Rebel Hearts Girl, where I say a lot of the shit that I say on the podcast on Twitter, only in uh, 260 characters. <laughs> uh, you guys can find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rebel Hearts Podcast, which doesn't really get a lot of attention because... Facebook is just too hard to keep up with, and I just love sharing memes. Um, but you guys can check me out on Facebook or like the page. I always post about new episodes. Um, email me for anything at rebelheartspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to talk about anything, if you want to ask me anything, if you have any suggestions, please feel free. Um, the website is rebelheartspodcast.com. It has um, a blog where I talk about a couple things. I write about music sometimes. Um, God, look at this promo. I, I have a lot of links, Okay. Not a lot of people pay attention, but there's a lot of links, but there's a lot. Of, basically, everything you need to know about Rebel Hearts or me is on that website. Um, my unboxing is on there from Kate's channel <laughs> on the homepage. If you guys want to watch that, it's um, yeah, it's pretty weird. It was great. It was a, it was a great time. Um, and then you guys can also catch me on Instagram where I try to be aesthetic and it never works. It's Sam is socks. I'm still waiting for somebody to ask me what that means. Hey, Sam, what does it mean? I was actually planning on it and then you ruined my setup. So thanks. <laughs> uh, well, Kate, since you asked. So I, I didn't want an iPhone for a very long time and then my sidekick died. So I got an iPhone and I really wanted Instagram. And uh, my boyfriend, um, he... His Instagram name is Herman is so XXX because he was so straight edge when he made it. Uh, he still doesn't drink or anything, but who oh, subscribes wait, to labels? wait, wait. So XXX means straight edge and he's not spelling socks in a weird way. There you go. Wow. So. I'm learning stuff. <laughs> so, so many people in his life thinks it's Herman is socks. <laughs> so when I got Instagram, I wanted to roast him. So I'm Sam is socks. Love that story. So yeah. So every time uh, I look at it, I just laugh to myself because I'm so fucking clever. So yeah, that's the story behind Sam is socks. Thanks for asking nobody but Kate. <laughs> I care. But uh, but yeah. So that's all the places that you can find me, and uh, this is where you can find Kate. Okay, here I go. My own self promo. You can find me um, mostly on Twitter. That's where I spent literally my whole life. Twenty five eight. It's at Katie Angel. Kind of not sure about that name. Kind of want to change it. Give me suggestions. I don't know. 
Um, Instagram is also where I try to be aesthetic, but it's just a bunch of my selfies. Really, it's at Kate.iel. Kate as in C A I T. If you call me K A T E, I will smack you. I, I don't <laughs> appreciate that. Thanks, Starbucks baristas. Um, I'm also on Facebook, but I also don't like to use it literally ever, never use it. So don't worry about that. But yeah, I'm on those two all the time. So if you ever want to holler at a bitch, I'll be there. <laughs> and then I'm going to link her YouTube down um, oh, in the comments. <laughs> Please link your YouTube where you do content. I make content like three to five times a week, you know, depending on the mood. <laughs> I just forgot about like my job. No big deal. So you want to tell everybody what it is? Okay. <laughs> My YouTube is KDL, um, you know, as in Castiel from Supernatural because I'm trash. So C-A-I-T-I-E-L. It's great. Go check it I out. I never knew that's why it was that. I fucking talked about it at least four times on my channel. Why did nobody ask me about my YouTube channel name? <laughs> well, now you know, Sam. Wow. wow. I love it. You're <laughs> E-L and I'm his socks. There we go. That's the that's brand. A- that's adorable. So that's where you can find both of us. Like I said, I'm going to link uh, all Kate's socials in the um, show notes. So definitely check out her YouTube channel. She does a lot of great content. She does a lot of Paramore content, a lot of reaction videos, a lot of music related stuff along with and a lot then of just bath random bombs. stupid shit where I <laughs> throw makeup around and almost get in car accidents. You know, it's a great time. It is a great time on that channel. And we're going to be doing a lot of content today. So make sure that you keep up with the, the, uh, Go, go to my channel to watch our Q&A video where we have a surprise at the end of the video. I won't say what it is, but there's a surprise. We love a surprise. And uh, definitely subscribe to her so you can definitely check out more stuff that we're going to do because, you know, it's going to be a toss-up. So before we go, I want you guys to know that friends are cool. Friends are cool. <laughs> that, that's a great one. <laughs> we I, saw a lot of art with a lot of friends. And that was the entire purpose. Yeah. So um, I'm going to give you guys this song by Coin uh, on Spotify. It's just showing that it was a single that came out on my birthday of this year. Oh, it was meant to be. It was meant to be. So I'm sorry if you're a Coin fan and you're going to tell me that I'm wrong. But the song is called Growing Pains. And apparently it's just a single that came out this year. I love the song. I love Coin. We're big Coin stands. <laughs> and yeah, we're going to record some more content for you guys. So definitely God, check out no for one's that. still here. No one's listening. No one's I'm telling here. you right now. <laughs> Hi, anybody still listening? (laughs) I will see you at the front. Here's coin. Why don't you calm down for crying out loud? I'm losing it lately. I'm young and I'm dumb. I live and I learn. Yeah, what's the hurry now? In the eyes, back in my mind, so saturated. Going to bed, the girl in my head. Yeah, I really feel it now.